right, guys. Big Nordies podcast episode. This week, we talk about the state of hockey and the moment it is having. The Vikings fill out their roster. Paige comes home for the Final Four, and the Wolves are doing everything they can to lock up that seven seed. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Uh, I feel great, man. I'm good. How are you? Jim, you sound like you have allergies, but I'm doing great. Oh, the allergies are killing me. But I'll try to mute if I'm going to like sneeze, cough, sniffle, all those things. Spare you guys, right? Spare us. All right, so lots of good stuff for us to talk about. But before we dive into this amazing sports cast, we need you guys, the listeners, to give us a follow at Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. For free. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. What are we drinking tonight? I'm going to start. I'm drinking weird beers this week. And uh, this time I'm drinking Lake of the Woods Brewing Company's Enjoy Lakeside Kolsch. <laughs> I bet it's, that I'll is bet it's not very it. good. You know, it's drinkable. There you go. Um, dude, I'm over in Wisconsin with a, a brewery called Youngblood Beer Co. Have you heard of this, you guys? They're out of Madison, and this is Hope Is Not a Strategy, a double dry hopped, uh, hazy pale ale. It's pretty good. Like, the liquor store I was at had a few from Youngblood, and I may try more another time because I'm enjoying it. And there's not a lot of variety up in the northern suburbs, so you got to pretend <laughs> to like Wisconsin beers moving forward. Hey, I wanted to try something new and mission accomplished. This is this is the Chad is the therapist version of uh, beer drinking where you're like, no, that's cool. Wisconsin's a W now. Cool. Yeah. Really I just want cool. you to know that you could have been drinking at Minnesota's northernmost brewery in Lake of the Woods. <laughs> and until I saw the map of it on there, I didn't know where Lake of the Woods even was. I thought it was by Duluth. Yeah, I guess no. it's not. And also, I just want you guys to know, you're like, dude, you've been drinking some weird beers today. That's because I went over to my parents' house this weekend, and they had a bunch of beers. And they were like, you need to take some home with you. And so they just, like, filled me up a bag of random beer. And that's How old are these beers? (laughs) Eh, They're probably not too old. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. I am uh, back with our friends in Moorhead, Minnesota, Junkyard, drinking Nectartron, a New England-style IPA. Based on uh, the the nectaron, there's a, a variety of hop called nectaron. So they just did they just took it one step further. Nectartron, New England style IPA. It's like eh, it kind of seems like something out of Rick and Morty. It's great. Good I don't beer. think anyone said the word nectaron or nectartron more times in two sentences than you just did right there. But I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I I I was just trying to set the stage, Eric. Sorry. All right, guys. So here we go. Lots to talk about today. We're going to start with college basketball. Why? Because it's March Madness. And the first place to start is definitely Paige Beckers and her UConn Huskies, who I usually cheer against, are headed back to the Final Four for the 22nd time in like 35 years. And this time it's in Minneapolis. I didn't even know until tonight that it was going to be in Minneapolis. But Paige headed back to Minneapolis. She's probably the biggest star in women's basketball. Uh, And... It will be kind of fun to watch her in her hometown, hopefully tear it up. She went off and scored 15 points in overtime to send them to the Final Four. Um, so, I don't know. I guess that's what I'm looking to, and I'll probably tune into some of that. 
Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, local girl coming home. Um, I suppose they'll probably do a few, uh, like some better sales at the Target Center, wherever they're going to play some of these games. I bet they'll do really good sales for her game now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not going to try to go, but I'll watch on TV for sure. She's an absolute celebrity. It'll be cool. Hopefully they pack the place. And I can't believe I'm cheering for UConn because I hate UConn. I hate Gino Ariema and I hate that whole program. But if she's going to be on the team and she's as good of a representative of Minnesota basketball as there is in the world, then I guess I'm pulling for that. So there you guys go. I don't know if we've ever started the show with women's basketball, but we did today. And deserve Paige Beckers. Beautiful. All right. The other big thing is Coach K is going to face his bitter rivals in North Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. And this time it's a loser leaves town match to go to the championship. And for Coach K, it's really a loser leaves town match because it could be his final game ever. North Carolina sending Coach K home in the final four is too perfect. And that's why I know Duke will win because this is all rigged and Duke is going to win the title. Oh, the the NCAA... The NCAA scriptwriters have already decided that Duke is going to win this game. And, but I will say that the last game at, was it at North Carolina or at Cameron at, Indoor? At Cameron Indoor. It was at Cameron Indoor. North Carolina wrecked them. In Coach and, K's last home game, and they fucked yeah. them up. So I'm yeah. hoping North Carolina does it again. I hate Duke. I hate Coach K. No one loves Coach K more than Coach K. What an egomaniac that guy is. You, Jim, you hate celebrity coaches. And yep. Coach K is the original and the worst, most unbearable of all of the celebrity coaches. Well, I mean, and it's kind of a down year for Cowboys, Duke, and Lakers fans um, until the tournament. So. Yeah. That that <laughs> that Venn diagram that's a circle for those for that group of fans. Well, I guess Alabama did pretty well. So Alabama did win the title, and and the Yankees, you know, will always be not everybody. Good. Yeah. So um, that fan base um, probably has a lot to cheer for, being that it's Coach K's last game. So um, or it could be his last game. He's got two left potentially. I think this is a fun matchup. Um, North Carolina was an eight seed that kind of got lucky in that it had to face, you know, St. Peter's uh, of no name New York uh, to get into the final four. Uh, what'd you call them, Eric? Future trivia question? Yeah. St. Peter's trivia question. St. Peter's. Everyone was like, I want St. Peter's to win. I was like, I don't want Duke to beat the St. Peter's by 30 to go to the championship. Oh, I mean, they would have wiped the absolute floor with them. At least <laughs> I, the North Carolina-Duke game is going to be a good game. I don't even like North Carolina or Duke, but I like North Carolina a lot more than Duke. And this rivalry happening for the first time in Coach K's last year to go to the championship is absolutely perfect. The writers, it's a pretty cool. It's a good story. The yeah. writers nailed it this time at, at the NCAA. <laughs> They crushed it. They knocked it out of the park on this one. And I'm actually excited. I might actually watch it. And I don't even like I I was going to say, I love to see Eric's enthusiasm over a tournament that he hates from a sport that he hates, unless it's a Gophers bandwagon year, which it was not, decidedly. All I know Um, is that the, the, the tournament is so stupid because people are always like, oh, NCAA basketball, way better than pro basketball. And then I, I watch. I don't think I don't think people say that, dude. I think they do say that. They, they're like people. They try. Yeah. Here. They play defense, and then I and then it's like a game between two top teams to go to the 
the final four and the score is like 48 to 44. And I'm like, man, if I wanted to see that score, I'd watch. They don't play defense. They just hold the ball for their like super long shot clock and then brick because they're not that good. The NBA blows it out of the park. And, and I think that people who think college basketball is better, and I know someone's going to feel personally attacked and they may even shut this off because they're going to say, Eric, that wasn't fair of you, but it's true. The, the reason that people like college basketball better and that their players play harder is because it's a lot of white kids. Uh, <laughs> there we go. It what is. program are you watching? Mm, um, it's, it's also, the, this is, let's just the if peacocks. You're speak out. Of, if you're going to speak maybe. out of both, if you're going to speak out of both sides of your mouth, talk about how much you love the college hockey tournament. That's filled with only white kids. And, and they're the like product is, <laughs> and the product is significantly inferior compared to the NHL. Oh, it's just horrible compared to the it's NHL. so slow. It's, it's so, so slow. Bad. It's like 26 year old grinders who are just hanging on to the dream versus like a few future pros on the Gophers and Michigan. It's mostly bad, but well, especially I, well, I will say what how. How many draft picks did they say the Gophers had? Like eight? Yeah, probably quite a bit. But like the thing is, is like the the only reason I like college hockey is because we're never going to win the title in football. We're never going to win the title in basketball. So I have to have some college sport that I can get behind. And the Gophers are fun. And and it's all it's all white kids. So that helps for you. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's just hockey. Just hardworking, good kids. You know, lunch pail. They're lunch pail guys. You know what I mean? They come to work. Um, yeah. So let's go into that. The state, the state of hockey. That's twice. Okay. That's two pods in a row you've sang. So that's a that's a problematic trend. Let's keep so, that going. Well, I was gonna start with the Wild. Let's start with the Gophers. Sky Yuma. The Gophers are back in the final for the Frozen Four for the first time. In eight years, which seems like that's not right. That doesn't seem okay. But it is true. They're back in the Frozen Four, and a Minnesota team for the second year in a row will be in the finals as the Gophers will take on the number one seed in another region, Mankato State, um, who was the number one team in the country for, like, almost the entire year. So the Gophers are probably the underdogs against their sister school in Mankato State. Um, The party school. What? The party school. The party school, yeah. As the kids at my school would say, the school that has all the STDs. I'm like, man. That's what they know about? High school kids (laughs) are really worried about STDs. But Mankato Mankato, uh, Gophers in the the Frozen Four is fun. On the other side of the bracket, it's going to be Denver versus Michigan. Um, The two most proud programs probably in college hockey history are Michigan and the Gophers. So it would be kind of fun to watch those two play, but I don't know if we can beat Michigan at this point. They have like the number one, two, and four picks in last year's draft all play for their team. So I don't. And know. your dream of the of the you know Minnesota team, regardless of whether it's the Gophers or whatever, yeah, winning the national championship is has been dwindled. Yes, we're down to two significantly. Two yeah. and one will get in there. So a fifty percent chance maybe that one of them will. But um, yeah, so that's good stuff. Gophers team has been really good in 2022. They kind of started slow, but Bob Motzko finally seems like he's kind of like leaving his mark on the program and like they're moving in the right direction. Um, So go check that out. They also have a guy who maybe will end up in the wild. Ben Myers is like um, 
really good undrafted kid out of Delano. He's the star player of the Big Ten, not just of the Gophers. He's been just unbelievable. He's a free agent, and after the national championship, he'll sign with a pro team, which will be kind of cool. So hopefully it's the Wild. It'd be fun to have the hometown kid end up on the Wild because he looks like the real deal. There you go. It's probably more fun than there you go. Putin's hometown kid, but yeah. <laughs> All right, and then uh, other than that, the Wild are back. We wrote them off because we were stupid, and that was unfair of us. Um, they were on a long road road trip, and now they're on a long homestand, and they are like kind of invincible at home. Um, they also threatened, straight, baby. They threatened the goalies and said we're going to bring in Mark Andre Fleury, and now they can hardly play him because the number one star of the week was Talbot who is the hottest goalie in hockey and has won seven in a row. But what's the one thing, what's the one great equalizer in all of playoff hockey? Goaltending. You yeah. can't have enough of it. Like the, the Blackhawks rotated goalies in a lot of their Stanley Cup runs between Corey Crawford and I forget who the other guy was. And they would play both of them different nights. And so it, even if, I don't care if we have three hot goaltenders, I don't think Kakinen's going to see uh, the ice ever again. You got traded. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but anyway, he uh, still stands. We'll see if he lands somewhere and sees the ice somewhere. But yeah, I don't think I don't think he has a future uh, as a starting goaltender. But um, having Flurry and Talbot in good form is a fantastic problem to have. Oh, absolutely. Right? And and there's just some guys in this team like guys. I know I make lots of sports predictions. We have a sports podcast and we've done 250 plus episodes of sports talk. So I know we've made some great predictions and some terrible ones. I threw a fucking temper tantrum that the wild picked up Matt Zuccarello. Why would we pick up 30 plus year old Matt Zuccarello? What the hell are we doing? And I just, and it was, it was like a three year, was it like a three year deal for like, Yes. significant money and you were like what the fuck we have no idea what we're doing yeah, you were beside we were yourself crazy and then it's just like his chemistry with that um hartman and kaprizov line is just also who's ryan hartman and why is he so good at scoring goals you know what i mean like out of nowhere and then kaprizov is like a level we've never had with the wild i mean he just he's a player that is so good. He's one of the best young players in all of hockey. He's a top 10 scorer in all of hockey. He's like, looks like he's, he's what, an Hall of Fame player. He's what the old Wild fans thought Gabrick was. Yeah. Except he is right. that. He's right. just like if Gabrick showed up every night and was just like winning battles in the corner and like pumping in shots. And like this team, they win every overtime game. They constantly score fun, timely goals. They have scored 18 goals with a goalie pulled this year. The next closest team has 10. I mean, this they, they're like on a historic like path of scoring late goals and winning exciting games. They're a really fun team. And as, as much as this is a Vikings town, as good as the Timberwolves have been, as exciting as the, Tim, the Twins moves have been, the Wild deserve the most credit of every team yeah. in town right now. They've yeah. been really good. They've made tons of good moves. They have been really exciting. They're literally cup contenders. I mean, they're third in the Western Conference. They just beat the number one team. And I mean, at very least, beat us. What, what was the last? What was the score the last time that we played them? Like six to one. Yeah, they blew us out. Like, and this time, yeah, like, great goaltending, timely goals. Um, you know, the big time players stepped up with. Uh, <laughs> we just can't. Just don't. 
uh, don't let the other team get shots from the faceoff. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah that's an issue. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just been a moment for the state of hockey. It feels good this weekend. It was a lot of fun watching hockey. Hopefully, one of those Minnesota teams, specifically the Gophers, um, can take this thing home. Um, but it'd be great if either of the Minnesota teams did. And then uh, we just got to keep riding this wild team. We got two more home games on this stretch. Kaprizov's about to set the all-time record for most goals and most points in wild history in a season. He's got 50 goals in a season, like in the realm of possibility, which would be huge. And, I mean, he's going to be one of the top players in the NHL for the next, you know, five six, 10 years, something like that. And he had a slow start, which makes me like, I'm so excited for the postseason because there's a a real chance that we go deep, you know, unlike the Timberwolves, which is like cute that they're, they're even going to make it whatever. Right. Real chance. But next year, like a full season of like an even better Kaprizov is going to be crazy. So the worst part about the NHL is that their playoffs are really stupid. And so they're based on divisions and not based on conferences. Yeah. And so you have like you're gonna have to play the Blues in the first round, who are tough. They're like the third ranked team or fourth ranked team, and we're third, and we're gonna have to play them in the first round. And then instead of playing the Flames, if we win, we're gonna play the Avalanche, who are the number one team in the because you have to play your own division, and our division is significantly better than whatever that West Coast one is. Way, way better. And so that has one good team in the Flames. We have like four good teams and a couple of fringe teams. And so if the playoffs were set up the right way, we would play a worse team, and then we would play probably the Flames, and then we would play the Avalanche to go to the Cup. But in this way, we'd have to play the Avalanche in the second round, and I just don't know. Which is stupid. That's so stupid. It is. And I just don't know. Again, it's going to beat the Avalanche. The NHL is never going to compete when they have these dumb ideas. Yeah. Like, well, let's have two of our top three teams play in the second round. Like, no. Terrible. So stupid. Um, I will say this has been kind of a lot of fun. Um, I echo what Jimbo said. Kaprizov had like a slow start, and he's just electric. He almost scored in regulation against the Avs. Yeah. With like a second. From like a, a turnaround... 180 shot and just threw it on net and it hit off the crossbar and he didn't even know like somebody had to come tell him like dude you missed by like an inch uh from scoring to end the game it would have been it would have been insane uh but man this team's fun to watch they're fun to watch they're fun to follow they pour in goals the goaltending has has gotten better i think eric's right with the like all of a sudden you bring in some competition it elevates everyone especially from a veteran like flurry we could see some really fun stuff in the playoffs. I'm excited. So the, and this is not this is not plan A and not plan B. This is a different plan. We haven't seen this plan in a long time. And like we can say what we want about the Wild that they've been struggling, but in their last ten games, they're eight one and one. I mean, they've been yeah. legit, and and um, they're fourth in the league in goals scored. So I mean, they are exciting the team to watch, uh, and it's still a pretty young group. So. Lots of things to look forward to with the Wild, and uh, I think they have like Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh at home this week. So, good stuff. Um, let's move on to the Vikings. They made some weird fringe signings this week. Um, they brought in someone, Sullivan, the cornerback from the Packers. Um, he's was their starting slot cornerback the last couple of years. I I don't know. I don't. His name. It's a one year deal. Chandon Sullivan. Um, yeah, on a one year deal. Yeah, a short-term deal for him. 
And then they bring in a bunch of help at cornerback with, besides him, Cannon Sullivan, they bring in Nate Hairston, a cornerback from Denver, like a depth guy. And they signed Ty Smith, who I believe was on our practice squad last year. So three cornerbacks come in. And then for some reason, fans hated this. We signed this guy, Jesse Davis, who was a terrible lineman, a tackle for Miami last year. It sounds like we want to bring him in and try to convert him to guard. doesn't mean he's going to be your starting guard, but it means he's going to be in the conversation for that. So kind of fringe shinings for the Vikings. I don't know. I think they've been exciting this offseason, considering that they started late. They didn't dive into the first part of free agency. And I think that they believe that they are a good team. I think that they think that they can contend to win the North and can contend in a pretty weak uh, NFC. I mean, who's who is a better quarterback than us in the NFC? The Packers. I, I mean, I'm really serious. Maybe probably the Rams. Um, yeah. Maybe the Cardinals. Well, assuming Kyler's still there. Yeah, I mean, probably Kyler and Stafford, but they're like in the same kind of group as Cousins. Um, no For one sure. with Seattle. No one with San Francisco. I Dak Prescott's the same quarterback as Cousins. <laughs> so he can't be better. Um, definitely. And- uh, in Philly, New York, or Washington. Garoppolo, John Lynch confirmed today that they did not receive one trade offer for Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's had shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder. He's, um, he's done. Uh, you lost Matt Ryan. They brought in Marcus Mariota. Uh, Watson signed in the AFC. You have Jameis Winston is there in um, New Orleans. Carolina still has Sam Darnold. Um, uh I don't even know who else is in that. Tampa. Team. I mean, Tom Brady. Brady. So Brady's better. So your best quarterbacks are Rodgers, Brady, probably Stafford, and then Cousins. And Stafford and Cousins are closer to each other than Stafford is to Brady and um, for sure Rodgers. So I think like we're probably in the mix. We probably have the best fourth best quarterback. We're probably going to have one of the three or four best defense offenses at worst. And if the defense can be even in the league average category we're probably pretty good. And I think that's kind of what they're betting on here is that we could be pretty good in year one. So I don't know. The other thing I like, the other thing I like Eric is even though they, again, offensive linemen are not sexy signings, but Rick and Mike never really understood that. They never really did the, the analytics math on cousins with a clean pocket versus cousins without one. And, Zimmer and Spielman would rather spend $10 million on Patrick Peterson than spend $2 million on a cornerback, you know, that might be slightly below and spend $8 million on an O-lineman to upgrade from Oli Udo. And I think that maybe Kwesi and, and KOC are, are trying to find that balance, you know, of like maybe moneyballing um, a couple of these positions at least making an effort of trying to upgrade uh, the O-line via some free agency and then eventually the draft. And I think it's some of these things may may go under the radar completely. Like you said, this guy stinks at tackle. Maybe he'll be really good at guard Um, or or maybe not like who cares, but at least they made an effort. I don't, I don't remember uh, Rick, other than the Reef and Remmers season, ever making a free agent splash and the Remmers uh, signing was a disaster anyway. Um, I don't ever remember them like making this like offseason effort. And so I'm, I'm excited about the fact that if these guys feel 
that whoever they're signing on the offensive line is worth the signing. I, I trust that thus far. I do too. I think that these little depth signings are some of the, the ones that are the most important as a lot of these guys won't make the team. Um, but if a couple of them can hit, then that's kind of where you get some of the biggest bargains in free agency. So I'd like that. That's what, that, that's what the Seattle Seahawks did for years Yeah, with the offensive line was like signing these guys that are cheap and you have good coaching staffs and you turn them into like really good O-linemen. All right. So uh, we'll move on to some twin stock. The twins ESPN gave them an A minus for their offseason. So they make lots of moves. Um, most notably, they bring in Correa, who finally we get to see for the first time. He gets unveiled as a uh, twin for the first time. A lot of people are complaining a lot that the twins are only going to have him for one year, but who cares? Because it's exciting. It's fun. And how many times have we done things that were incredibly fun in the last few years as the twins? So their big moves were Carlos Correa trading for Sonny Gray, trading for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, and bringing in Dylan Bundy. And then today they brought in Chris Archer, a former top-level starter who's been kind of injured for the last two years. A classic twin signing. Yeah, and um, Chris Archer is uh, formerly, I'm sure Baldelli knows him well, uh, of the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, you know, system. And he was a Cy Young candidate. I mean, I I think he was... He was a top end pitcher who was commanding like a massive trade value. And I don't know how much it worked out, but eventually like Pittsburgh wanted him and I think they got him Um, regardless. um, He's a pitcher on the tail end of his career who might not have anything left in the tank. So like Eric said, perfect signing for the Minnesota twins right in our wheelhouse, right where we want to be with guys who might not have anything left, but they might. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just this always is the move with them. Everyone wanted them to trade for Montas, the A's pitcher, but they always kind of do the same thing. They bargain hunt on pitching, and bargain hunting on pitching rarely works out. Um, but you know what? You got to be excited. And one of the big moves, too, was that they re signed Byron Buxton to like a super team friendly deal. Seven years, $100 million. It's like $14 million a year for Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton, when he plays, is like Mike Trout. Um, and just like Mike Trout, he doesn't play all that much. Um, and so, <laughs> and then in the preseason, we see him crashing into the wall, making a phenomenal catch. And you're like, stop it, <laughs> Byron. It's preseason. Who cares? I know that the twins defense is a big part of what they are, but I do think that I would like to see Buxton DHing once or twice a week. And I know that people were like, you can't use that guy as a DH. I don't know, man. He absolutely throt- throttles the ball and he's got a great bat. Oh, he's- He's already got a couple home runs in spring training. Like, he's, he's smashing the ball Yeah, already. he's a fantastic hitter. I think to keep that guy healthy and in the lineup, I would play him at DH as well. And Gary Sanchez can just sit on the bench that day. Well, and then, okay, so who else do we have to play center field? Jay Cave still here? Kepler will probably play center. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to be good, but, like, would I rather have Kepler play center and have um, Larnock and and Kirilov and just an absolute trash yeah. field? I guess I would if it meant keeping Buxton. So no, I think you're right. I think in order to preserve Buxton's bat, let him DH, and we don't really have like a guy who's like a DH only because we got rid of Nelson Cruz. So I think yeah. that frees up that space. Yeah, it'll be Sano, so we, Sanchez, and oh god, Miguel Sano should be cut. 
Sonoma Sanchez oh. and I would say Buxton should probably rotate through that spot. But I'm going to guess Larnock and maybe eventually Rooker will also get some of that spot. So I don't know. It's a team that we should feel at least hopeful about. And and I think our ceiling this year is winning one playoff game. Uh. <laughs> it's been 18 years. It's been 18 years. I don't even need a series. If you just told me, yeah, they brought in Korea and we won a playoff game, I'd be like, you know what? It was fucking worth it. You, you know, know what? Sam, ironically, the Timberwolves have won a playoff game more recently than the Twins, and that's sad. They haven't won a playoff game in eternity, and they've had some good teams. Like, there's been some really good teams. There's been some winning positions. I remember one year in the playoffs a while back, Joe Nathan was pitching to A Rod, if you remember this, at Yankee Stadium, and we were winning like three to one in like the eighth inning, and A Rod hit a three run home run off of him, and I was just like, that's happened. And to I me. remember that game because okay, so I got two points to make. The sec the first one is then uh after that, that was in like the bottom of the eighth. We came up to bat in the top of the ninth. Joe Maurer with a runner on second hit a line shot opposite field down the line. It bounced probably three feet in fair territory, and the ump called it foul. And mm. the runner on second was already like rounding third and was gonna score for sure. But the ump called it foul. And it, dude, this wasn't like it hit the line and the chalk came up. This mm-hmm. was like it was so far in fair territory that it was obviously rigged by the umpires to call it foul. Because they there was no review at that time. There was no instant replay or any of that stuff. Um brutal. So yeah, that was a that was one of the worst, one of the darkest nights in uh, in Twins baseball history. The second thing I was going to say is that the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt and the Oakland A's and their like twenty one game win streak and fighting all these darlings. Uh, do you know who ended that streak? And that team did not go anywhere else in the playoffs, and it was the Minnesota Twins. The Twins beat them. Yeah. No, I, I remember that as well. I mean, we used to have some great playoff moments. It's just been too damn long. So, um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, we can move on. Let's talk about the Timberwolves. They're doing everything in their fucking power to keep the seven seed at all costs. Yeah, they want that seven. If they win too much, they lose a couple to get back to it. If they lose too many, they win a couple to stay right ahead of the pack. They want that seven spot. I'm scared to death of the seven spot. Yeah. Of not getting out of the play-in tournament at all. Yeah, yeah. you're going to play the Clippers and you're going to lose, and then you're going to play LeBron and you're going to lose. Why? Why do you think we would lose to the Clippers or the Lakers? Because we're the Timberwolves. Because we're Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, not because of anything I've seen on the court or the players or the, the coach. Because <laughs> like, we're conditioned year in and year out from and all it, four it sports. Too much sense that after all the shit we talked to the Lakers that we'd have to play them to go into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it would just make too much sense. We fucking talked the most shit. We were mocking their players on the court, and then we're going to have to play them to go to the fucking playoffs. You know <laughs> Dude, the Lakers. the Lakers are a half a game ahead of the Spurs. They might not even make it in. Yeah, Dude, they might not make the play. I, I love that you guys are talking like this, but you... No, 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 but I'm just... Eric, Eric, you, it's realistic. It's no. a half a game. It's a half game. Don't play into it, dude. You that's, know that's that the mentality it, you got to get out of. You'd be shitting your pants if we had to play LeBron. Loser goes home. You would not. Not now. Oh, we would. I would. Shitting our pants. No. We'd be no. like, oh yeah. Fuck. 
LeBron is coming in. I mean, if they're we three and seven in their last ten games, they're the least scary team we could play. I know, on paper, yes, but you know how these things are. Yeah, it'd be nice. I don't think I think the six is off the table. Can we agree? I mean, we're. I, mean, I know like, that we're only like two games back from the Nuggets. We have five games left against really good teams, mostly. I know we play the Spurs in there, uh, and the and um, the Rockets. We have two bad teams, three very good teams. Um, I don't know. I think we should probably accept the seven um, and just hope we can beat the Clippers because the Clippers aren't any good. Like we'll be better than them, but it's the, one game. I, I don't. I'm just afraid to play the Lakers because everyone can talk all the shit they want, but. LeBron is having an insane Wait. year. They literally, he's literally. Why are, why are we playing? Why are we playing the Lakers again? They'll, they'll if we them. lose to the Clippers, they'll beat whatever slapstick team they have to play to to get. No, what I'm saying, why are we losing to the Clippers? Why are you writing this off? They're 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 two and eight in their last ten games. So a five game losing. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I just I know that it's going to get down to the wire. And then, and then if we do beat the Lakers or something, we'll have to play the Suns and we'll get just absolutely fucking No, out. fuck that. Let's just, whatever. We'll accept the seven seed, beat the absolute fuck out of the Clippers, and yep. be done with it. Yeah. Just be done with it. Uh, I hope you guys are right. Um, okay. Anything about the team that you're feeling right now? You got, Jim, you watch more Wolves than anyone I know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's good. I, you know, it's a little disappointing that we have gotten blown out a couple times by, like, the the two best teams in the league um, Suns and, and Clippers both just whooped our ass, but you know, then we beat the Mavs once that was nice, blew them out. So where you know, they're is, all over the place, but where's the, um, why is he not playing well or what? Yeah. Is he, does he score? Yeah, he's kind of disappearing a little bit. We'll see. We'll see if he comes back. Ant isn't doing much either. Ant and um, are against really good defenses. Those guys are kind of lost and we've played a couple really good defenses lately. Uh, they shut us the fuck down. So, you know, we were never like this great defensive team. We were like bottom third, probably defense and top three, five offense. Uh, well, so outside of the first part defense, of the season. This shuts us down. We probably aren't going to win, yo. Yeah. And outside of the first part of the season, I know that was the big talking point was the Wolves weren't good offensively, right. but they were managing to stay in games by playing really good defense. And then it, flipped at some point i forget yep. when it was and it was like uh they're not trying on defense anymore but they're scoring 130 points a game so it doesn't really fucking matter and, and then you play a team that tries on both ends every single night we exactly we'll it's put it tough but at the same time like there's lots of good teams in the nba that have gotten their asses kicked by the suns and there's yeah. lots of good teams in the east that have got their asses kicked by the suddenly surging boston celtics it's not that uncommon for teams that, that are like the Wolves that don't have a lot of experience in big-time matchups, even if they're in the regular season, to come away with victories. So yeah. I think it's all it's all a good learning experience for this, like, I don't know, I'm not going to call them young, but like inexperienced club. Yeah. And maybe this is a little bit of a wake-up call of uh, what you were doing that got you here wasn't good enough and now you have to raise your game that much more yeah um so maybe that will be a little bit of like a a, a fire but at the same time like we're sending Nas Reed in 
like off the bench. Like he's not he's not winning his playoff games. Like I don't, right. I don't care what anybody says. So yeah, um, Jordan McLaughlin out there isn't really helping. I mean, you know, maybe there's... maybe we don't have the firepower, but I think like we have the mentality right now that is good enough to at least win. You could win. You could win one series. You could. You definitely win the the play the playing game against the Clippers, um, and you could maybe challenge for a series victory if a. Uh, could maybe beat the Warriors, and you know, Steph Curryless Warriors, you know, steps up. Um, but other than that, I think that's the ceiling. That's the ceiling, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, next year the team stays together for the most part, and they should be better. We've only gotten better. Um, I'm excited. Next year should be amazing. All right, guys, let's move on to our last topic of the day, and that is U.S. soccer. So U.S. Ooh. soccer is having a little bit of a moment with their golden generation. The only problem is they're being overshadowed by the better golden generation of Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Canada has two massive young players in Alfonso Davies, who is injured right now. Um, but is, I was going to say, he's not even playing. Yeah. He's literally one of the most talented young players on earth. Could start for any team in the world. And wow. he starts for Bayern Munich when he is healthy. And they have um, uh, Jonathan David, the um, striker for Lille, who will most definitely be plying his trade at a bigger team, maybe even in the Premier League next year as well. So we do not have those guys, but Pulisic is Captain America and uh, had a hat trick yesterday. And the huge goal differential um, moved them into almost a certainty um, for making the World Cup. They have one game left in qualifying, and all they have to do is not lose by five or more goals to the future home of the Nordies podcast, Costa Rica. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it went up to seven, but maybe it's five. Um right now think... they are so we are up on goal difference. We have a thirteen goal difference and they have a three. So five plus five for them would put them at eight, minus oh, five for us okay. would put us at eight. So I don't know if it's either five or six. I don't know what the rule is if it was a tie there. Um, but I mean, we should be pretty set. Play it. We should just. How about we just win the game? Win the game. We'll with it. Draw the game, and you're in. So they just can't yeah. blow it at this point. A win would get them a better spot in the draw, um, maybe possibly. Um, but yeah, it is fun. They put up a bunch of goals in exciting fashion yesterday, and you know, it's it feels good that kind of that old guard of U.S. soccer is pretty much gone at this point. Um, so I, I do think that's kind of the nicest thing. There are a bunch of fun, young, exciting stars on this team. And there's likable people um, that play for them. I think watching Gio Reyna is just ridiculous. For being a kid, he's just ridiculous. The dribble. Did he turn, eight, did he turn 18 yet? Or is he still 17? I don't yeah, know. He's like a boy. Is. And he's just an absolute phenom. So um, Pulisic is obviously a great leader of this team. And there's a bunch of fun, young, athletic guys in that. I don't think they can do damage in like winning the World Cup, but like I think that they should aim for the final eight, and I think that's the kind of place that they could end up um, if the draw ends up going their way. The other crazy thing is the Euro champs, Italy, for the second straight time, didn't make the World Cup. Out. What the hell is that? That's that's weird. Two straight times, Italy has failed to win to get to the World Cup, and they sandwiched in the middle of winning the Euros, which is like has to be one of the most bizarre things ever. They gave up a goal. Yeah, well, to I was going to say, yeah, no, yeah, no. Let's just frame this that they were tied with North Macedonia yeah. at zero zero in the ninetieth minute when some dude hits a forty yard like wonder strike. 
Yeah, to knock them out. Uh, to knock Italy out. But, okay, so I want to touch on this. Uh, it, it's my cross to bear. For better or worse, I love the U.S. men's soccer team. I've rooted for them. I watch all of their matches as often as I can. They've been brutally bad at times. But this cycle feels a little bit weirdly different. Like, I know Panama is nothing to get excited about. They're not, they're not, you know, they're significantly smaller in population than the United States, et cetera. Uh, But they have more people play soccer than we do. Um, If the team that showed up last night during the Pulisic hat trick and the 5-1 victory, we could beat a decent amount of teams internationally. I don't think we could beat France. I don't think we could beat Germany. But I think we could beat a pretty big handful of teams if Pulisic's on his game, if we have oh, a healthy yeah. Weston McKinney, uh, if we have Gio Reyna healthy, uh, Serginio Dest, um, and then a handful of like MLS role players that are just like defender grinders. Like I think we got yeah Zach Steffen in goal, who's a Manchester City goalkeeper. They think he's good enough to keep him around. Um, I I think this team could beat a lot of international teams if we stay a healthy and be super aggressive. We can't be the team that's like sitting back. We need to be going and attacking. But those of you guys who have no idea about how good U.S. soccer is, here's the current FIFA rankings. I'm going to give you the top 15 for context: Croatia 15, Switzerland 14, U.S. is 13th in the world right now. So I mean, there are no getting to the final 16 should be an absolute must. Um, Mexico is in 12th. How? I have no idea. We absolutely beat the piss out of Mexico every time we play them. Germany is 11th. The Netherlands 10th. Denmark 9. Portugal 8. Spain 7. Italy, who didn't even make it, 6. England 5. Argentina 4. France 3. Brazil 2. And Belgium 1. Now, the problem. And Argentina is not even very good. The only reason they're there is because they love Messi. The problem is, is that um, the rankings are like averaged out over multiple years. And so it's like kind of a consistency thing. It's like Belgium never wins any tournaments, but they're always ranked one or two because just consistently they're good. Um, So the U.S., they're a respectable team. If you would have looked at that ranking system 10 years ago, they would have been like 35th, and now they're 13th. So they are a good team, um, and it's going to be fun. The World Cup, even though it's built on slave labor and is played in the winter and nothing about it is going to be right um, in a sporting way or a political way, I am excited to watch the World Cup. It is a great event. I'm going to have to like take some work off in January next year to like watch a bunch of it. Wait, when is it starting? Isn't it in November? Oh, is it November? I don't know. Let's see. 2023, <laughs> 2022 World Cup. I thought I know I thought they it was originally supposed to be in the summer, but then they realized, "Oh, it's the fucking desert in oh, the Middle right. East. Yeah, Maybe we should it's from November eighteenth, November twenty first to December eighteenth. Yeah, okay, that's gonna yeah. be a disaster. <laughs> well, but no, cold. Eric. But it was gonna be it was gonna be in July, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, this is like the Sahara. We should fucking move it to a time where it's not one hundred and ninety four in July." I just think that this whole thing is just terrible. But whatever, I love it. I love the World Cup. It's a great event. So um, that's it. That's all the time we have. This That's because Arsenal doesn't have any guys that are good enough to make the World Cup teams. Oh, stop it. They have like a bunch of <laughs> I'm Come kidding. On. I know. They got a lot of England guys. <laughs> I'm right. kidding. I'm kidding. That's all the time we have uh, this week on the Nordies podcast. Go back, check out our screencast. We had so much fun on there. We were talking about the 
Will Smith slap her down the road. We probably should have talked about it in sports because I'm sure Jake Paul is going to put on a Will Smith versus Chris Rock <laughs> boxing match. In the He's new trying. Season. Already offered 15 mil a piece. <laughs> but uh, definitely check it out. We had a lot of fun talking about all different things on that as well. Um, until next week, thank you guys for hanging out with your good friends here at the Norris Podcast.